Relationships Like the podcast, helping you design the relationship you want. With couples therapy costing a pretty penny, Relationship Psych gives you access to couples therapy insights without spending a dime. Tune in for discussions on communication, managing conflict, recovering from infidelity, attachment, and more. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist and couples therapist. A few of my favorite things are my husband, grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Simply by listening, you're gonna get tools to help you and your partner create a loving and harmonious relationship that can withstand the test of time. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek out a local couples therapist in your area. Welcome back to Relationship Psych, the podcast. Today we are talking about an overlooked, not talked about enough factor that causes relationship dissatisfaction and fighting. It is sleeping. I was reluctant to talk about this topic on the podcast because I once did a post about the importance of just your health and taking care of your sleep on Instagram. And I got a lot of negative pushback. People saying like, that's so obvious. Give us right, real tips that can actually help our relationship. And wow, this factor, when I see my couples and I work with people who work shift work and I see the impact of their fighting on their relationships, people that aren't sleeping regularly. I know in my clinical practice, these couples have more fights in the times that they're not slept. They come off of a night and it's day for their partner. They get into it because they are not slept and they are not functioning well. So approximately three weeks ago, I had a baby and I heard about sleep deprivation. I intellectually understood that people talk about this, but what I had not experienced for myself that till this point in my life was being that tired and being that tired with my partner at the exact same time. I would say that usually we're both pretty well emotionally regulated people who are generally kind and loving to each other. But after a few days of very little sleep, holy smokes, we were not our best selves, not because we didn't love each other, not because we didn't care, not because we didn't love our baby, but because we were sleep deprived. And I thought again about the importance of talking about this topic, because in those days when I was sleep deprived, I was thinking, oh my gosh, my partner is the worst. He doesn't understand me. I can't believe he used that tone with me. And I was so mad at him and I'm sure he was mad at me too, but really he wasn't doing anything that bad. He was just also sleep deprived. And because I was sleep deprived, I was seeing the worst in him. I was making mountains out of molehills in my head. I didn't even speak them out loud. They were just in my mind. And so in my words and in my actions and in the looks I would give, there was this more irritable side to me. And I thought, okay, if you've ever heard the saying, you can sleep when you're dead, which I've heard my clients say to me, and I've been taught or maybe even taught things like if you're overwhelmed, you have lots on your plate, just sleep less. That's advice I was given once. This is all terrible advice because if you're not well rested, you're not well regulated and you can't create a happy, peaceful, loving, harmonious relationship if you're not emotionally regulated and able to emotionally connect in a loving-ish way most of the time with your partner. When you're not emotionally regulated because you are sleep deprived, you're going to be more likely to go into your ways of relating that feel most comfortable for you. 
So for some people, if you're not well emotionally regulated, you might be more snappy, more yelly. You might raise your voice. You might talk down to your partner if you're not emotionally regulated, because these are all things that people tend to do when their emotions are a bit out of whack because they're upset or angry or because they're just not well rested. Now, other people, when they're not well rested or they're not emotionally regulated, they pull away, they disengage, they don't connect, they need alone time. All of these strategies indicate to me, hey, we're having a hard time regulating our emotions. We're having a hard time connecting in a loving, generally stable, generally neutral way. Because you know what is hard to do? Connect, talk, disagree, talk about differences, opinions. When you can't regulate your emotions and you're either yelling, raising your voice, or you're pulling away, or you're not talking. Emotional engagement about positive things, negative things, and just connecting takes a degree of being regulated. And you know what you can't regulate without? Sleep. So the main thing I wanna communicate to you today is if you're not sleeping or your partner is not sleeping well, to think about how do we prioritize sleep? And hey, just try as an experiment. Like if you think this is silly suggestion, try it for a month, just try it for a month. If you sleep more, what happens to the state of your partnership? I might be wrong. Sleep might not do anything for you, but it might. So here are some tips for a little bit of better sleep that people often are quite reluctant to, especially if they have poor sleep. The first is focus on regular waking and regular bedtimes. So if your sleep is quite out of whack, this is going to be very hard to get yourself back on track with. Because people will say things like, geez, I don't feel tired at night. I don't want to go to bed. You're right. If we're getting started on regular wake and regular sleep times, it's not going to feel normal or natural and you're not going to be tired initially. So what you're gonna have to do is even if you can't fall asleep at night, try just waking up at the same time every day until you get tired. Because you have to build up sleep drive every day just like you do hunger drive. So if you have a snack just before dinner, you're not gonna be hungry at dinner time. The same thing happens with sleep. You have to build up your sleep drive. So. If you stay up late because you weren't tired at bedtime and then you sleep in, you're not going to be tired again at bedtime. So even if you're not tired at bedtime and you go to bed super late, try to get up at the time that you decided was your wake time. You have to make it consistent for this to work. And I know that is so, so, so hard. So that is a tip. Focus on regular wake and regular sleep time and really give it some time to get used to especially if your sleep is very off, this is gonna take some time. Another thing to focus on is going to sleep in a dark room. I know that seems self-explanatory, but so many people I talk to say, I sleep with the TV on, I sleep with the light on, I sleep with my phone flashing and having it light up my room. I want you to think about making sure your room is dark to signal to your brain and your body that it is time to go to sleep. Also think about being in a room that has comfortable, cool temperature. I mean, warm enough, but whatever that temperature is for you. Think about creating a bedtime routine for yourself where you wind down before bed. So many people find, for example, if they work out at night, that's too stimulating right before bed, they can't fall asleep. So working out earlier in the day could be easier for a lot of people. Other things that people do is they watch TV right till bed or maybe they play video games, but their mind is too stimulated to fall right to sleep. So think about soothing and relaxing before bed, creating some sort of nighttime routine or ritual for yourself so that you can transition to sleep. 
And one thing so many of my clients do just before bed is they check their email. Put your phone away. Don't check your texts, don't check your emails because if you get activated right before you sleep, just like a workout or something else, if you get a work emergency or something that your brain determines is a work emergency just before bed, you're not gonna sleep well. You're gonna be thinking about that. It's gonna keep you up, you're gonna work. So I know this is hard, but unless you're actually working with emergencies, like you're an emergency medicine doctor or you're on call for something, or there's something that you're doing that is urgent or emergencies, you probably don't need your phone right before bed. And if you do, be really honest with yourself about do you and when, and also try to figure out is there times where you don't have to be on call 24 seven so you can actually get some of that sleep. So figure out, is it an emergency to respond to what you need to before bed, or is it not an emergency, you just feel like it is. And that's really a personal decision. But if it's not an emergency, how can you put your phone somewhere so you can prioritize you know, that seven to nine hours of sleep for yourself a night so that you can be your best self to attend to whatever urgent thing happened just before you went to bed, but you can get to it in the morning after you are rested. But be honest with yourself about what's an emergency and what's just urgent, but that could be dealt with in the morning. It is for most people, okay, to turn off their phone or to not check their email right before bed, at least giving themselves some time to wind down and go to sleep. So these are some tips for sleep that I see get in the way. And obviously you're gonna have to adapt those to your specific situation. Right now for me, I just had a baby. It's not practical, reasonable. It's not gonna happen for me to sleep in regular wake and sleep times. That's just not gonna happen. But instead I'm gonna adapt. I'm gonna do the best I can with trying to sleep as much as I can within what my baby's going to allow. That's just gonna be the way that it is. I don't expect anybody to be able to do any of these things perfectly, but just try to do the best you can and check in on the impact on your relationship if your sleep is prioritized, if you or your partner is one of those couples that really struggle to get in good sleep. In this episode, I particularly spoke about sleep because I have noticed the impact of sleep deprivation, but other things need to be in balance too, like regular eating. If people haven't eaten in a while, maybe they don't eat and they see their partner and they're hangry, they're gonna be more likely to explode or to shut down because again, they can't, you can't regulate your emotions if you haven't taken care of those physical needs. Maybe it's focusing on your health or having a social life. If these things are imbalanced either, it's gonna be really hard to connect with your partner and create that happy, loving relationship, that harmonious relationship when your life isn't full in other ways. So think about overall health and wellness and that taking care of yourself within reason is very important to contributing to the overall health and happiness of the partnership as well. So I hope this gives you some food for thought. There's no perfect in any relationship. There's no specific one thing that fits all for every couple when it comes to health, well-being, and sleep. But do consider, if you're not taking care of your basic needs, are you taking care of yourself in such a way that you're able to contribute and take care of your relationship? So just do a mental inventory with yourself and see is there one small thing that you, and maybe you can get your partner enlisted in this, can focus on to better yourselves, better your relationship, try and experiment for a month and see, does this help us to create the relationship that we want? Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.